Hail Dictinus! Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. One of the first things we learn from our teachers is discernment, the ability to tell truth from fiction, to know when we have lost our center and how to find it again. Welcome to First Steps Discernment, the 229th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of former reclaiming teacher Anne Hill. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwaltz Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother, and belated happy Beltane yes. and happy Samhain to the Southern Hemisphere. Yes, hope everybody had a good Beltane. That's right. And or Samhain. <laughs> yes, exactly. We had a wonderful celebration mm-hmm. at home with our little family, and yep. uh, so we hope the same for you. And if you want to see pictures, if you're in the Discord, yes, it's in the Oz and Lols. Yep. We made little dowel maypoles yes, and ate baked apples, and it was a fun time. It was a fun time. We actually managed to plan a holiday for we once. We did. <laughs> a lot of times, we fly kind of by the seat of our pants a uh-huh. lot of time when it comes to, to our celebrations, <laughs> except for Yule, yeah. Samhain, Yule and, and Samhain, Beltane. We, yeah, we do the big ones, but <laughs> Beltane we often miss, but this one we remembered, so we, yep. did, we did fun stuff. It was we great. We did fun stuff, and it was great. So we're going to start with housekeeping. Yep, because it's, it's that time. Our first episode of the month. Sit back, relax. Yes, prepare for the names. First of all, there are 33 kittens. We love you, kittens. Thank you, kittens. There are 22 cats, and their names are Sarah B., Annalise Scharfenberger, Jeremy Gleisenhart, Renjamin, Tiffany Kozash, Ebby, Nikki Norcross, Renee Nyan, Amber Stark, Kelly Burt, Nova Misko, Annabelle Lee, Rose Shepard, Candy Russell, The Dryad, Claire K.R. Miller, Elisa Durka, Kelly Burt, Shakora, Rebecca Hillman, Quinn Ann ASMR, and Cindy Barrick. We love you, cats. We love you, cats. Thank you very much. There are 60 hunters, and their names are Sin Springstead, Dwyer, Kellen Tasber, Adriana Wicker, Sarah Goff, Lean Gee, Scout, Lisa N., Heather Weidman, Annie Ray, Tom Warfell, Brandon Adair, C.J. Kaufman, Hexaluna, Mary Rose, Misa Skye, Asipiter, Ivy Rose, Cameron Grant, Ashley Ann, Don Taylor, Maharat, Talia Franks, Justin Harrell, Knight Ryan, Druidic Heart, Mach 2556, Alicia Noble, Precious Fire, Roanoke the Wiccan Wizard, Samwise the Blonde, Kitty Catastrophe, Charlene Hughes, Goddess Incognito, Rhiannon M. Gray, La Petite Poison, Loriana Lee Knapp, Saga, Melissa Gerben, Maddie Kuhns, Megan Kipper, Corvus Felliday, Kai Oakenshield, Ryan Hopkins, Teresa Tomlin, Rochella and Dasveed, David Dashafen Keys, Zamina Kokoro, Amy Martin, Sky Bierce, Jim Two Snakes, Sarenth Odinson, Ushi Ursa, Finn, Alyssa Addy, Ray Lathrop, Dahlia Darge, Laura Loki, Jessica Jones, and Charles Howison. We love you, hunters. Thank you, hunters. There are eight leopards, and their names are Jody Cozy, Luna, Kimberly Squeaky Reynolds, Alex Robinson, Eleanor Faithful, Chris Colibri, Gemma Atkinson, and Gary Bearstorm. We love you, leopards. Thank you, leopards. There are seven tigers, and their names are Yuki Quinn, who needs to contact me with what commercial they want, M.B. Strang, Around Grandfather Fire, Weavers of the Web ATC, Kelly and Jim, Amanda Hicks, and Crystal of Apothecary Tees. We love you, tigers. Thank you, tigers. 
There's one panther whose name is Laurel Jade. We love you, our one panther. Thank you, Laurel Jade. And there are three jaguars. And their names are Lori Phillips, Nolan Hayes, and Justin Stanage. We love you, our jaguars. Who have been consistently our jaguars for quite some time. That's right. Let, yeah, light out on the candle. There we go. <laughs> Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. All right, so it's another First Steps episode. That's right. And this time we're talking about discernment, which is a topic I know we mm-hmm. have talked about in other episodes. Yep. Probably all of the episodes where we talk about interactions with spirits or having spiritual experiences. Yep. But we're going to finally just do a contained First Steps episode about it so that it can, again, be something we can point people to and say, like, this the, is the episode for here that. Here it is. So you don't have to go searching around for various episodes. Mm-hmm. You will now have one place to go. No more going into the Discord and be like, did they talk about this topic? And getting like 13 different episodes cited to you, but none of them with the numbers. That's right. That's right. So it's the discernment episode. Uh-huh. First step's discernment. First things first, talk about what discernment even is. Well, I have three definitions that I found. Okay, go for it. First, you can define discernment as the ability to perceive, understand, and judge things clearly, especially those that are not obvious or straightforward. Right. That's the like this yield standard definition mm-hmm. of discernment, not specifically related to spiritual matters because mm-hmm. you can have discernment in other matters as well. The second one is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. That's getting closer to occult practices mm-hmm. and religious subjects. And the other is to understand or know something through the power of spirit. That's the, um, like, standard, I think, Christian. Uh-huh. Uh, I took the the, the out yeah. and just put spirit. Because yeah. it's, whenever you look for discernment, you're going to find, you're gonna find the a gift lot of, the spirit. of Christian stuff. Because Christianity considers discernment to be a gift of the spirit. And the Christian concept of discernment actually does differ from pagan discernment mm-hmm. in a few significant ways. Mm-hmm. And as a non-Christian, obviously, I'm not super qualified to talk about Christian discernment. But my understanding is that as a gift of the Spirit, it is something that you develop through a, through a communion with the Holy Spirit. That's correct. And basically, discernment from the Holy Spirit allows you to interpret, like, biblical passages mm-hmm. correctly. As well as to know what is a, a Holy Spirit right. and an unholy spirit. Right. That kind of thing. So Christian discernment is a more, is a spiritual experience in and of itself, right? Pagan discernment, I would say, differs from that mm-hmm. in that pagan discernment is more about determining if a spiritual experience is, I don't want to say real, but like truthful or useful. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. In a pagan context, when we talk about discernment, we usually mean like, are you sure that the experience you had was the result of a deity. Or, or could it be your higher self? Exactly. Could it be your higher self? Or could it be another spirit mm-hmm. that you weren't expecting? Or could it be a sock puppet? Mm-hmm. Um, could you be lying to yourself about this situation? That's right. Could you have been like on the edge of a hypnagogic state? And so it was not a spiritual experience at all. It was just sort of your brain mm-hmm. processing. Like pagan discernment although it has a spiritual quality and is about spiritual subjects, Mm -hmm. is not a spiritual process as much as I think Christian discernment is. Mm -hmm. Christian discernment is not necessarily so much a process as it's a gift you either have or you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, either God is giving you you a gift of discernment or you don't have it. It's not something you can learn. Right. It's something you receive. Exactly. It's something you receive whole as a gift from the Holy Spirit. Right. There are some Christian denominations that believe 
every Christian has some level of discernment mm -hmm. and some people are just much better at it than others. Mm -hmm. But it is very much like it's not a skill you learn and practice. Whereas in paganism, discernment is very much a skill you learn and practice. Right. So there are different sort of groups of discernment, but ultimately the discernment process, at least in my experience as a very sort of intellectualizing person, is that it comes down to asking questions and mm -hmm. giving yourself hard answers to yeah. them. Yep, exactly. Finn says, yeah, since I have precognitive dreams and this started while well in the church, they claimed it was the spirit of discernment, but being Southern Baptist, they worked to suppress it. Yeah, you'll often mm -hmm. find that, especially in the denominations that don't believe in prophecies, mm -hmm. like in modern prophecies, because there are some Christian denominations that believe modern prophecies are possible. Mm -hmm. There are some that believe there are no more prophecies, and so any kind of precognitive or prophetic experience has to be like a like a branch of discernment. Right, of the devil. Right, uh, that's also an option. <laughs> Those are your options. It's either it comes from the Holy Spirit or it don't. <laughs> But yeah, so, so discernment in a pagan context, like I said, is it's a different process, even though it's related to similar material, right? And part of that is because pagans don't tend to have holy books. So there's right. not as much of a, like, I need to interpret this text. Mm -hmm. Rather, it's I need to interpret a spiritual experience that doesn't have mm -hmm. a, like, an objective reality. That's right. That's right. Which is what makes it very different from the Christian perspective mm -hmm. or, or any other religion that has a book. I think it's less to do with the book. And it's more to do with the fact that our spiritual experiences are, they're unprovable, right? So like mm -hmm. the, the focus of discernment is not to prove that a spiritual experience is like logistically real. Mm -hmm. It's to determine if a spiritual experience is plausibly true. And significant to you. Exactly. As an individual. And whether... Rather than a group. Exactly. And whether it's something you should internalize or interrogate. Right. Now, personally, I believe all spiritual experiences should be interrogated first. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, if, like, it stands up to interrogation, then you can internalize mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Never just internalize a spiritual experience from the get-go. Of course, we say that uh, for what you read as well. You yes. You know, make sure yep. you're testing Interrogate things. your text. In yeah, yeah, exactly. So there are like a, a couple of like standard questions you can ask when you have like a spiritual experience or a belief about a, a spiritual topic mm -hmm. that you need to interrogate, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess the easiest way to structure this episode is, is to sort of go down through those questions. Mm -hmm. So the first question about pagan religious or spiritual or magical experiences mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is does it work? Exactly. And this is arguably the most important question and in a lot of cases you can stop at this question depending on what kind of experience you're interrogating um, mm -hmm. but especially if it's like a magical experience like uh, if you're trying to determine if a spell worked if the answer is yes then it was real enough for your purposes right mm -hmm. but so the question of does it work can apply to the results of a spell mm -hmm. it can apply to a belief you have mm -hmm. about a god or a spirit or uh, the way sort of spiritual mechanics work. Mm -hmm. It can sort of apply to experiences, although in sort of a roundabout way, in the sense of like, if you have a spiritual experience, the question of does it work is less about like, does it do something? Mm -hmm. And more about like, does it feel legitimate? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Does it do something for you? Exactly. Did it, it did it serve a function? Did it serve a function? Is it fulfilling? Does it bring you closer to something that you were desiring, some kind of breakthrough or growth. Right. 
Right. Did that visionary experience tell you anything Mm -hmm. or was it random? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. If it was random, it's less likely to to have worked, right? Mm -hmm. To, to, To meet that criteria. Also, you need to be cautious of when your visionary experiences or your spiritual experiences hew a little too closely to what you want them to do, mm-hmm. right? Because so there's a balancing point here where you're trying to find the the narrow gap between like completely random, unrelated brain fluff mm-hmm. and self-delusion. Mm-hmm. And it's it can be really difficult to thread that needle. Mm-hmm. Uh, A lot of it comes down to sort of knowing enough about yourself to know what you'll find tempting, Mm -hmm. right? Like to to recognize what is most likely to be you placating yourself. Right. And that is something that we do have to watch out for because, you know, wish fulfillment, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, while it can serve a function, it can also be a detriment. I think there's a value to constructive fantasy but i think that's different from wish fulfillment Mm -hmm. does that make sense like especially when the the wish fulfillment is based on is isn't based in anything right but like you're convincing yourself it's real i think at that point it's purely Mm -hmm. destructive like Mm -hmm. if you're just sock puppeting right a deity telling you what you want to hear Mm -hmm. then a you're not building a real relationship with that real deity Mm -hmm. and b you're not hearing what you need to hear Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that may come back to bite you in the ass down the road, mm-hmm. you know, because ultimately what you're doing is you're building a castle. A castle in the sky. In yeah. the sky that, you know, is ultimately going to fall. And if you're not prepared for that, that could really fuck you up mm-hmm. pretty badly. Mm-hmm. So does it work is the first question. And like I said, this one is is super relevant to spell work. And with, with spells, um, especially like young witches mm-hmm. or new witches who are just sort of learning how to do magic mm-hmm. and are trying to figure out, like, am I doing anything? Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, did it work? Did yeah. you get the result you wanted? Yeah. And if you if the answer is yes, you can sort of stop your discernment process for your magic yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter how it worked. It doesn't really matter why it worked. As long as you can replicate the effects exactly. later, then the fact that it worked is enough. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For magical purposes. For magical purposes. The next question about beliefs and experiences that you might want to ask is, does it match reality? Mm-hmm. Because there are some things about the world that are uncontestable facts. Right. Right? We know how gravity works. Mm-hmm. Certain laws of physical reality that are just what they are. Yeah. And sometimes we scientifically develop new understandings of those physical realities. Mm-hmm. But by and large, your day-to-day physical reality is not going to change. It has a consistency to it. Mm-hmm. If your beliefs directly contradict the physical realities of the world you live in, then they're not very secure beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you believe that you can fly, mm-hmm. no, you can't. Don't go step off a building to test it because right. you will fall. Like, mm-hmm. we know how gravity works and you don't have anything that lets you counteract that and occasionally young or new or both Mm -hmm. witches convince themselves that they can do things that are physically impossible Mm -hmm. and that is a a massive failure of discernment right Mm -hmm. so the like your beliefs should be consistent with physical reality Mm -hmm. especially if they are beliefs that 
if you test them and you're wrong, will hurt you. Exactly. Or someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I mean, one, there's, just, there's not a lot of debate about that one. There's not a lot one. of debate about that. It's like a lot of, I mean, come on, let's all face it. Everybody would love to be able to levitate, fly. Right. Cast fireball. Cast fireballs. <laughs> throw things with your mind. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but that... But there's never... There's never been any proof of, of anyone doing those things. Mm-hmm. What And what it is is people get uh, enamored with movie magic, mm-hmm. what they see on television and and read in books. And there are those who will say, yes, you can do these things. Mm-hmm. But, and for five ninety nine, yeah. <laughs> I will teach you how. Exactly. Hey, Chris Angel did it. Yeah. It's been since. Like, but, uh, you know, that comes down to illusion and things like, like mm-hmm. that. And yeah. I, there you have to work within the realms of reality. Yeah. I mean, yes, all magic is based in uh, manipulation of energy to create an effect. Right. But you have to have... But this is why we're always talking about, like, when you do magic, you have to do the physical thing, too. Right. Exactly. You have to work within the bounds of reality. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to get a job... And you do a job spell, you have to also put out applications. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the things have to be connected. You mm-hmm. can't just do one of them. It's like a money spell. We create a money jar. You're mm-hmm. feeding the money jar. And then you're taking that money. And you spend and it. And you spend it and then continue that cycle. Mm-hmm. You, can, you continue and feeding the money cycle. Exactly. And you, you start learning how to, to manage your money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That too. It's multifunction. It's multifunction. <laughs> so even though magic is sort of... A, and m- most of our spiritualities are very intangible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They are invisible forces that we're acting on. You have to acknowledge the physical realities of the situation as well, mm-hmm. that these are interconnected systems, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to change the physical laws of the universe. Rana Gray says, I feel bad having to judge them so harshly to try and get them to face reality a bit because it's true, it's largely very young, very new witches who just want to feel special and important in this new community, even if it means they have to act a bit cringe. But it's still very important to try and talk some sense into them at the same time, lest something happen and they get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly it. And it's it is it is very difficult, especially when you're dealing with teenagers. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. They just want to be special in a world that often tells them, especially teenage girls, tells them relentlessly that they are stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the beautiful things about witchcraft and Wicca and paganism. It can be very form, very empowering. It's very empowering. But but you, it has to be empowering within the within reality. Yeah, exactly within <laughs> within the limits of what is physically. Yeah. possible yeah. for them to accomplish and yeah. and yeah I you know I just there is always that concern of like how seriously are you taking the claims that you're making about impossible things mm-hmm. how much are you going to risk getting hurt by Mm-hmm. that belief that's right um, i mean when you have someone talking about an experience where they went for hex and Nacht, for the the witch's mm-hmm. night they flew to the mountain and they met with the the witches mm-hmm. and they danced on the mountain and and things like that that's all a visionary experience yeah we're talking like astral experiences that's astral experiences they're not physically no one's getting on a broom exactly no one's physically getting on a broom and flying somewhere mm-hmm. that those are astral and they're spiritual spiritual experiences but we've talked about this before too sometimes our language that right. we use makes things sound very much a part of a reality yeah that sort of that that, that fictional that yeah exactly when what we're talking about is it, you're trying to express a, a spiritual experience, experience yeah. in a real world context yeah and just not using enough words <laughs> yeah yeah it all comes down to words and language doesn't uh-huh. it yeah all right, so so that's the second question is, does does this belief or experience conform to the laws of physical reality? Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you need to reassess. Mm-hmm. Third question, 
does it serve a spiritual function, right? Mm -hmm. So like, does this belief, this is especially true of beliefs rather than experiences. Does this belief serve a function in your life, right? So like the, the classic is about like afterlife beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So if your beliefs in the afterlife bring you comfort mm -hmm. and they improve your life in some way, then ultimately doesn't matter if they're true. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to know conclusively until you get there. Until you get there. So ultimately, like, does it matter? On the other hand, if your beliefs about the afterlife frighten you, mm -hmm. or they cause you distress, mm -hmm. or they make you feel like it's not worth continuing to live mm -hmm. in the life that you have, then that belief is causing you spiritual harm, mm -hmm. and you should probably revise or revoke it. Mm -hmm. If your spiritual beliefs are destructive to you, don't keep them. Yeah, exactly. The purpose of your spiritual life is to improve your physical one. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the other thing we've always said is it's okay to change your mind exactly. about a spiritual belief. Like if a, if, a, if, if a spiritual belief starts out comforting to you and it's empowering or it, it makes you feel secure or mm -hmm. cared for, protected in some way, yep. but then your situation in life changes or your understanding about this belief changes or your spiritual community changes mm -hmm. in some way that makes that belief destructive to you now, mm -hmm. that makes that belief no longer comforting or protective or, you know, that now it makes you unhappy mm -hmm. instead of happier. You then, become dogmatic. Exactly. Or frightened. Or frightened. Uh, or angry. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to hold that belief forever. No. Especially if you're trying to shoehorn something that no longer feels right, but you're trying to shoehorn it into, mm -hmm. to keep it into your, as part of your belief system. Because it's tradition. Because it's tradition or other people told you it's true. Mm -hmm. or, or other people in your other, tradition believe this. Exactly. Then it, it's okay to let those things go. It's okay to re-examine them, mm -hmm. re-examine yourself and see maybe you've just grown beyond that yeah. particular belief or that group or that particular path. And yeah. it's okay to let those things go. That's and in fact, discernment. Exactly. And in fact, I think on a certain level, you should re-examine your spiritual beliefs on, you know, a regular basis and mm -hmm. figure out, do I still believe this? Yeah. If I don't, why? If I do, is it still good for me? There are things that I believed as a witch 20 years ago that I no longer believe today mm -hmm. because I've grown, I've changed, my discernment has altered as mm -hmm. my experiences have Gained informed more. me, given given me more information, or just me as a person. Mm -hmm. It just, just no longer and evolving. Yeah, it just no longer serves me as a as mm -hmm. a witch, as a human being. And so I let it go. Yeah. Marie Kondo Marie your, Kondo your spiritual beliefs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's it's always okay to, to let go of a, a spiritual belief or a practice or mm -hmm. a path mm -hmm. that is not appropriate for you. Exactly. We can see this really clearly in sort of the way gendered language has mm -hmm. changed over the years in the pagan community, right? Yeah. It used to be very much everything has masculine and feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Those are the two polarities and everything is built around those two poles. Right. And we are now and it's still taking longer than I'd like, but we are starting to see that evolution mm -hmm. of people re-examining. Right. Mm -hmm. Applying this discernment process to those beliefs and saying, do we need this? Does mm -hmm. it serve a function? Is it better or worse to have it or to lose it? 
Or can we extend can we, can our we understanding ch- right. can we of change what it? this energy is? Right. And like, even that's not going to be sufficient for everyone, right? No. Because like, I am the kind of non-binary that is zero gender. Mm-hmm. So like, I just don't engage with that system at all. Mm-hmm. But... And the other thing to say too, though, is if that still resonates with you, that's okay. But don't tell other people that they have to do, follow the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your, your spiritual beliefs are your spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. Getting back to what my actual point was, we've seen people, sometimes even fairly major figures in in the community who have reassessed whether the male-female binary polarity is a necessary part of their practice and Mm -hmm. have come to a conclusion that maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. Maybe it can be different or maybe it can just be discarded or Mm -hmm. maybe it can be optional or whatever. Like, And that's the process of discernment, right? Mm -hmm. Taking place over a long period of time on a large scale. So those are the sort of main questions I would ask for spiritual experiences or beliefs. The other one that you should probably always consider at least once Mm -hmm. is, is there a simpler explanation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes there's just crows in your neighborhood. Yep. Um, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, sometimes, you know, is we a talked sign... About, we talked about this a bit in our Signs and Omens episode. Yeah, is it is it a sign or mm-hmm. is it just or is, a flock of birds? Or is it that you left bird seed out? And it can be multiple things. It can be both. Right? Sometimes it's both. But always ask yourself, is there a simpler explanation than the big spiritual drama I'm, I'm envisioning? I think uh, when I was first starting out in witchcraft years ago, mm-hmm. I was in a group. I had seen a bunch of crows or ravens mm-hmm. or something. And I asked, you know, uh, the elders of the group, you know, was this a What's sign, this mean? For, you know, for blah, blah, from a certain deity. And they said, sometimes a crow is just a crow. Yeah, very much like sometimes a, a pipe is just a pipe. Like, yeah. <laughs> like... Sometimes it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, because they were like, did it mean anything to you? And uh-huh. I said, no. Not really? Not really. That's why I'm asking? That's why I'm asking. And sometimes a crow is just a crow. Exactly. You know? if, you didn't get, if you didn't get a particular message, you weren't drawn to something spiritually by that, just seeing a, you know, just seeing... A flock of birds. A flock of birds does not necessarily mean that a deity is trying to get your attention. It just means that... It's a flock of birds. Ran and Gray says, sometimes you forgot to turn off your damn ceiling fan, and that's why the candle burned funky. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 Or you forgot to trim the wick. Exactly, yes. You know, some, yes. sometimes... Always remember to trim your wicks, yes. or all of your candles will go up like nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> now, sometimes you've trimmed your wick. Right. The, the air is... The air conditioner it's is still, off. And, and your candle still burns funky. Con- yeah, and something funky happens, and then, okay, you start... That's when you go, what's going on here? Do me a favor. Talk about when you used to ghost hunt and okay. the process of that. Extreme lengths ghost hunters go to to prove it's not all well, the normal things it could be. Yeah, the group that I was in, because I was a medium for one of the three mediums for mm-hmm. that group, is we would go in to try to disprove a mm-hmm. haunting. They would send us mediums in and we'd see what we were all experiencing. What the vibes were. What the vibes were. And then later we would we would meet and we would compare. Mm-hmm. And if there were all, all three mediums all independently three mediums comparing. Independently would go in with in with different people, mm-hmm. often at different times. Yep. And then we would compare what our what our readings were. And if they aligned 
then we were like, okay, this now we pursue this now a little further. This might be something to pursue. The other thing is they would go in, they'd take a, a reading of the house for mm-hmm. the you know where are the electrical appliances mm-hmm. and where are the you know the Faraday the shit that wakes, makes weird noises. Yeah, where's the shit that's making weird noises? What is this the, on an incline? What are the pipes doing? Is this door kind of you know that mm-hmm. they're, that they're saying opens on its own? Is the latch locking? Uh-huh. You know those kinds of things. And if you go through a house and you find that the latches are all working mm-hmm. and there's incidents of happening where there's not a Faraday. It's an area of electricity that can cause hallucinations. Mm-hmm. There are a few pitches of sound yeah, as well that can cause sound, similar. You know, what's the what's the area like? Mm-hmm. You know, are you hearing? Is there is there industrial equipment nearby? What what's the insulation or the or the window insulation like? If you go in and mm-hmm. you can see that all of these things check out. And they're not making the right. If the there's sounds. not an obvious mundane yeah. explanation. Yep. Then you start to consider, okay, this could be a place memory. It could be a right. haunting. It could be whatever. Whatever. But whatever yeah. spiritual thing it whatever is. Whatever spiritual thing is. But, but you go in essentially to disprove exactly. the activity first. So try to bring that spirit of skepticism to your spiritual experiences. Yep. Not doubt. Mm-hmm. But skepticism, yeah, right? Not doubt, skepticism. Always look first for the the solution that doesn't have a complex spiritual drama attached to it, because most of the time, mm-hmm. that's going to be the answer. Oh yeah, and I, I can honestly say, of you know, if we went on ten different investigations, eight or nine of them, nothing you know, happened. Nothing happened, and we could explain what the what the family was experiencing mm-hmm. just by examining the house. Exactly. But there was always that. Right. And the, yes, yeah. we live in a spiritual world. Yeah. So, Obviously, there are going to be some occasions where exactly. it is a so spiritual I, experience. Exactly. So that's why you bring your discernment in mm-hmm. to determine what's mundane, what can be explained. Yeah. But bring that spirit of skepticism because you as a spiritual mm-hmm. person are naturally inclined to want to the believe. spiritual explanation. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Your inclination is to hope for a spiritual explanation. Mm-hmm. So bring the skepticism yep. first. Do everything you can to disprove before you start looking for the spiritual explanation. And don't think it makes you any less of a witch uh, or a pagan or a spiritual person to be skeptical. I'm probably one of the most skeptical psychics, (laughs) psychic mediums that I know. Mm -hmm. But I also worked with a couple others who, you know, we all agreed it was the better way to to work. Yeah. There are definitely some people in the pagan space who are just a little, just a little too credulous. Sometimes. And it it leads them to usually relatively harmless mistakes, Mm -hmm. but mistakes nonetheless, Mm -hmm. which can, if you're not careful, compound and Mm -hmm. lead you to bad places. Exactly. And that's what you don't want. You don't want your, your spiritual path to lead you into a bad place. Yeah. Right? That's not the point of your spirituality. The point of your spiritual path is to improve your life Mm -hmm. and to... The other thing I would say is to do, especially if you know you have any health or mental illness in your life, to do health and mental illness checks Mm -hmm. on yourself when you have um, especially unusual Mm -hmm. spiritual experiences or spiritual experiences which are in any way distressing Mm -hmm. or which are inconsistent for the kind of spiritual experiences you usually have. I don't want... Anyone who has a mental illness to feel like they can't partake in paganism, Mm -hmm. obviously you can. Gwen and I are both riddled with mental illness. Oh, yeah. But it it does require you to be more conscious of the Mm -hmm. impact of your health Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. on your spiritual experiences, right? So like if I have, as, as someone who struggles with depression, if I have a spiritual experience where one of my deities tells me I'm a piece of shit and I should give up, mm-hmm. chances are that wasn't a, a genuine spiritual experience or my brain was incorrectly interpreting a message that it was sent because it is predisposed to mm-hmm. negative thought patterns, that's right? That's right. And if the, that's the other thing that I feel like is very important with discernment, whether you're working with a deity or a spirit mm-hmm. or an ancestor, mm-hmm. are they asking you to do something that's out of character for right. you? Out of character for them. And out of character <laughs> for them. If it doesn't sound like something that they would do mm-hmm. or something that they would say, mm-hmm. immediately a red flag should go up. Yeah. Also, Rannon and Githa both had excellent examples. Rannon says, oh, the age-old fun of am I in a trance or am I disassociating? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's always a delight. And Githa says, is something bad about to happen or is this just anxiety? Anxiety. Yes, exactly. Because sometimes it is just anxiety. And sometimes that will feel indistinguishable from your intuition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because your intuition is just your body and spirit collaborating to try Mm -hmm. to give you information. And that's also what anxiety is doing, but wrong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's good to learn how to decipher what is anxiety and what is intuition. And a lot of that comes down to knowing what your triggers are, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing the kinds of things that are likely to set off your anxiety Mm -hmm. or your depression Mm -hmm. or your disassociation Mm -hmm. so that you can look back and say like, okay, did any of the things that normally set me off happen today? Mm -hmm. Even if they didn't happen recently, like did did it happen this week? And this is a delayed response because it very well could be. Your brain is complicated. Are you tired, Mm -hmm. hungry? dehydrated, need a shower, literally all of those things can have detrimental effects on your cognition, mm-hmm. which will make it impossible mm-hmm. for you to to properly process a spiritual experience, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there are people who do like ordeals, mm-hmm. right? Who like fast mm-hmm. or who deprive themselves of sleep intentionally, but you do those things only if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Usually you've been taught by someone mm-hmm. who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you do them under controlled conditions. You do not just like go into a ritual, sleep deprived, hungry, and dehydrated, and assume that you're going to get a good experience out of it. Exactly. I mean, take care of your body so that your brain can be in a good condition to process what you're going through. And that's that's a very important thing. And I I think, you know, I know people are probably going, God, this sounds so complex, but (laughs) it's less difficult than practice. (laughs) Yes. It's, and especially if you make it a practice, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes, yeah, you have to stop, take a breath and step back. Yeah. And that can feel unfun, Mm -hmm. I guess. Right. Like it's, it's not fun to have to step out of ritual and say like, hang on, gonna put the gods on, on hold while I process like, am I experiencing this Mm -hmm. correctly? Am I understanding the experience Mm -hmm. I'm having? Is the experience the thing, the experience I think I'm having. Right. Which is why it's important. I know that at uh, convocation, I was in a ritual that was very emotional Mm -hmm. and very powerful. And so they had a space set aside for people who needed to leave the ritual without leaving the space. Yeah. So that they they had someone who would minister to them and give them some water and give them some fruit and decompress. Decompress so that they could and ask questions. Debrief. So that they could process why am I feeling this way Mm -hmm. and then make a decision either to stay out 
or to, or go to back return. In. Yeah. And that's an important thing to have for any ritual, I think. But, but especially but for especially, a ritual that like you know is going to stir up a lot of shit. Yes, especially for a very, very emotional ritual. And I have to say that the group that, that did this ritual, they were spot on mm-hmm. with absolutely every detail. Like if you're a solitary, it can be challenging to mm-hmm. set that up for yourself. What I recommend, have timers. Mm-hmm. Have timers on your phone that mm-hmm. will go off at like, you expect this ritual to take 20 minutes? Great. Have a timer that's going to go off at 10 minutes and just remind you to do a, a quick check. <laughs> and or have a spotter. Yes, exactly. You know, I, I did in the past, I've done some very deep trance-like aspecting a deity mm-hmm. for as part of a ritual. Ode had to say, hey, have are, are you, have you have come you down? Grounded? Have yeah. you grounded? Have you eaten? And she you was like, yeah. Eat. And I was like, do more. You need to eat some more because you're still, you're still kind of spacey. You're, you're disconnected you're still. You're disconnected still. So, and she used to do scrying where I would yeah. literally... She would scry and I would sit beside her Mm -hmm. and transcribe and also keep an eye on her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so have someone who is a spotter Mm -hmm. who who works with you. Who's not part of the ritual, but who knows you're doing the ritual Mm -hmm. and is keeping an eye on how you're handling it. Especially if you're a person who um, maybe uses different substances Uh to achieve a state of trance. Exactly. You know. um, Even if that substance is like alcohol. Yeah. Just make sure that you have someone who is present, Mm -hmm. who is sober. Exactly. (laughs) Basically, have a sober buddy. Exactly. Have a sober spotter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Ran and Grace says, the difference it makes in my interpretation of tarot poles before and after snack time is as wide as the sea. Oh, yes. Yeah. The condition of your body can have a huge impact on your divinatory process. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we do drunk divination? You get Mm -hmm. completely different reads from us when we're drunk than you do when we're sober. Absolutely. Um, Those reads are not like, they're not wrong. Mm -mm. But they're different because mm-hmm. we're in a different interpretive state. In a different state. Exactly. And that's why people do use things mm-hmm. like peyote and, mm-hmm. and mushrooms. CBD. And CBD and THC mm-hmm. and, and alcohol. alcohol. When they're going to go into some kind of a trance mm-hmm. or some kind of a spiritual it's a, state. It's, it's not just a shortcut. It's a different access. It's just a different access. Yes. But it needs to be done responsibly. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that someone is around to make sure that you're okay at the end. And yeah. That you come down properly yes so that's a discernment process as well <laughs> it is making sure that you have Make, someone exactly you can trust making sure that you have support systems right mm-hmm. this is sort of preemptive discernment yep someone who is mature enough and grounded enough yeah. and uh is in a place where they can perform that function yeah and who is willing to tell you when you're not done yet <laughs> yeah yeah and and chase you down and make you eat bread or yep. whatever yep do you believe in the power of the sacred fire Join us on Around Grandfather Fire, a podcast where we discuss spirituality, mythology, animism, and culture around a digital fire. We'll be talking about witchcraft, paganism, heathenry, and all the other forms of spiritual expression that you can imagine. If you love hearing about how people practice their faith, how they use it to connect with others and to make sense of the world around them, and if you like to laugh while doing it, then this is the podcast for you. You can listen to Around Grandfather Fire on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. So we touched on deities, entities, 
spirit's ancestors. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are a few specific questions you should also ask about any communication Mm -hmm. with an entity of any kind. Any kind. So, and and these questions will help you determine if you're talking to who you think you are, Mm -hmm. if you're talking to a sock puppet, if you're understanding them correctly, right? Mm -hmm. So the first question, do you recognize them? Mm -hmm. If this is a being you have a relationship with, they should like feel or vibe a Mm -hmm. specific way that you should recognize. Mm -hmm. When they are trying to contact you, you should know it's them trying to contact you, Mm -hmm. right? It should not be a surprise. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes if you're like, I I do wish Jackson had joined us because he would be able to bring in the perspective of when he had two deities trying to contact him and he wasn't sure who that was. Yes, sure. If you don't know who you're talking to yet. Exactly. And so he was able to discern who that was through divination. Yes. But now that he, once he knew who that was, then when they started pinging. You should always recognize someone you have a relationship with. Exactly. If someone knocks at the door Mm -hmm. and says they're so-and-so, but they don't feel, look, Mm -hmm. or sound like so-and-so, it's probably fucking not so-and-so. Exactly. Like, I know what Hakati feels like mm-hmm. and sounds like and appears to me as, you know, and she, even if she appears with a different face or a different mm-hmm. guy, it's still recognizable. She's still, she's still recognizable. Hakati. Yeah. Exactly. And like, gods have different faces. Like, Gwyn and I are both contacting Frigga, mm-hmm. but we're contacting very different faces of Frigga. Mm-hmm. But I would still recognize Absolutely. Frigga if she came to me in a different face. Absolutely. I recognize it would be her. It would be weird to me if she did. I'd be like, why are you here in mother aspect? Yeah. But I would know it was Frigga. And it's the same for me when Frigga, and she has, mm-hmm. when she comes to me as queen mm-hmm. or as discerner. Exactly, as, as seer. As a seer. She still feels like Frigga. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. There is a... And this is a, a, a spiritual sense, right? Yep. So it's one that's more difficult to describe. But there... You you will develop a, a sense impression, mm-hmm. I guess, of the deities you have relationships with. Exactly. And they will always feel like that no matter how they come to you. Exactly. And so if you don't recognize a god who is talking to you, mm-hmm. it's probably not the god that they're claiming to be. Exactly. And that is a huge red flag. Exactly. Anyone who comes to you under false pretenses. That's a big massive red flag. flag. Mm-hmm. I would, in fact, put that immediately under the like block mm-hmm. list. Like, mm-hmm. if you come to me under a false face, you don't get to talk to me. Exactly. Not everybody has that as a boundary, but that is a boundary for me. So, a second question that you need to ask Do they respond independently of you? Mm-hmm. Right? Do they speak independently of you? you getting direct responses from them. This is how you identify a sock puppet, right? Mm -hmm. A sock puppet has no thoughts of its own. It is an extension of your wills and desires, Mm -hmm. right? A sock puppet is you talking to yourself. Yep. Not even your higher self, just your normal ass brain. Yep. A sock puppet, because it has no independent thoughts of its own, it can never surprise you. Mm -hmm. It cannot come up with with new thoughts, mm-hmm. right? With thoughts that you haven't already had or that are out of character for you to have. A sock puppet is almost always going to tell you what you want to hear. Exactly. Or it's going to tell you what you think you, you deserve. Yeah, what you think you deserve. What you want. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So there are two kinds yeah. of sock puppets, I would say. Well, that's there's the true. one who tells you what you want to hear, mm-hmm. the nice sock puppet. And then there's the one. And there's the evil sock puppet, mm-hmm. <laughs> the mean sock puppet, who tells you you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Both of these are sock puppets. They're just your brain talking mm-hmm. to you in two different faces. Exactly. Because there is a difference between your these sock puppets, mm-hmm. your own brain talking to you, and your higher self. Exactly. 
your higher self, it's called higher self for a reason. And there's a wisdom. There's an experience and gap. And an experience gap that is, you know, you can tell the difference between. I don't do much work with the higher self, but if I had to explain it in my mm-hmm. worldview, I would say that the higher self is the part of the soul that's been reincarnated already. Mm-hmm. So it's like the part of the soul that has more life experience than yeah. me. <laughs> and I have found, at least for me, it can be very honest without being cruel. Right. But it's at the same time not being the mean sock puppet yep. and telling you, you know, that you're a piece of shit who deserves to die, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. th- those are the two sock puppets you're most likely to get. They will come to you in the faces of gods or spirits or ancestors you have relationships mm-hmm. with, and you need to ask those questions because, mm-hmm. A, they won't feel like who they are, They'll feel like you. Mm-hmm. And B, they'll either tell you exactly what you want to hear. Yeah. Or they'll tell you exactly what you don't. And there will be no middle ground. And they have no independent thoughts. They're mm-hmm. never going to tell you something that's really surprising. They're just regurgitating your own thoughts and back what, to you. And what you've already been thinking. Exactly. With, at other points that are intrusive thoughts. Exactly. Thing. A sock puppet is just an intrusive thought with a face. Yep. <laughs> So get rid of them exactly the same way you get rid of other intrusive thoughts. We've talked about, I've talked about this before, about my particular method, yeah, which just is just to break the away. thought and swipe it away. Use whatever method you use for intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. But it, it'll work just the, exactly the same on a sock puppet. Exactly. Because the sock puppet is not real. It is just a little extension of your own brain. Exactly. The other question to ask when you get any kind of an interaction with an entity is, are they obeying your boundaries? Yes, that is so important. And that's why I really like Devin Hunter's yeah, book his of, contract. Yeah, his book of spirits, the witch's book of spirits, mm-hmm. because he goes into great detail about creating contracts with spirits with whom you interact. Yeah. I usually don't go uh, as hardcore as Devin does. I don't like mm-hmm. write up full contracts, but I make it pretty clear with the spirits I interact with that like- What he, you have boundaries. Here are, here are the criteria for interacting with me mm-hmm. or for being in my space, mm-hmm. for having a space at my altars, for being invited into my sacred spaces, yeah. for having the opportunity to interact with me. Mm-hmm. And anyone who breaks any of those boundaries gets ejected. And they know that that will happen because I have done it. Exactly. So it's important to set up spiritual boundaries. Mm -hmm. And to maintain them. Yes. Don't let a spirit bully you into ignoring one of your boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they're trying to convince you it's for your own good. Mm -hmm. Or that you deserve it. Blah, blah, blah. That it's a lesson. Your boundaries are in place for reasons. Mm -hmm. You set them up on purpose. Enforce them. Any spirit that doesn't obey your boundaries should be kicked to the curb. I don't care if that's an ancestor. I don't care if that's a deity. Mm -hmm. I don't care if that's some fey thing from the dream wild. Mm -hmm. You enforce your boundaries. As a witch or a magical practitioner or a a spirit worker, Mm -hmm. you have the power to do that. Because you have autonomy. Exactly. You have personal sovereignty. You have personal sovereignty and autonomy. So you can say no. Yeah. You can opt out of any interaction Absolutely. with a spirit uh, and that or, or entity of any kind. Exactly. Yeah. Like there, I know there are people who simply are not comfortable working with Loki and Loki will show up to them and he will knock and he will be annoying. And as long as you keep the door closed, he can't fucking come in. It doesn't matter how powerful Loki is. Mm-hmm. Like keep the door closed if you don't want to talk to him. That's right. A lot of us come from a religious background where personal sovereignty is not yeah, it's an minimized. option. It's minimized. Where if you are sort of at the whim of your God. You are at the whim of your God. And that is not yeah, the case in paganism at le- or witchcraft, at least in my experience. Yeah. 
Uh, certainly it hasn't been in my experience. The gods are very powerful, but oh, they, yeah. they do have to respect a closed door. Exactly. And yes, good spirit, right? A deity or a spirit or an ancestor that you actually want to be in contact with will obey your boundaries. Mm-hmm. At most, they will try to negotiate a boundary with you if they, like, legitimately think they have a good reason to. Mm -hmm. But any entity that just wholesale ignores your boundaries Mm -hmm. isn't worth your time. Exactly. Just get rid of them. Ye old-fashioned get the fuck out. Personal cleansing. It can really be as as simple as just saying, hey, GTFO, and then putting up new words. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't have to be complicated. Something else that we should probably touch on vis-a-vis discernment, Mm -hmm. more generally, Mm -hmm. um, getting away from entity-specific discernment, Mm -hmm. is the multi-truth paradox, Mm -hmm. where multiple things are true at the same time. at the same time. So this can be true both in a, like, yes, the mundane explanation is true, but also there is a spiritual element for me sense Mm -hmm. like yeah the crows are probably there because i left out peanuts Mm -hmm. but also the crows mean something to me spiritually Mm -hmm. that can be the case it can also be the case that you hold multiple seemingly contradictory beliefs Mm -hmm. spiritual beliefs simultaneously right either you can or you cannot find ways to coordinate those beliefs so that they can coexist yeah coexist in your brain something i had to learn to do because heathenry is just fucking full of these kind of dualisms is just to hold the two true things equally but separately true simultaneously Mm -hmm. and i don't know how to describe that process it just takes practice it just yeah it's just practice and you gotta find your own way yeah. If people have asked me before, like, how do you do that? I couldn't, I couldn't describe it to you. It's like one part troubleshooting, one part philosophy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you just, you just, you just learn to accept like, yes, Ragnarok has happened and hasn't happened and will happen and will never happen and has happened a thousand times all at the same yeah. time. <laughs> all at the same time. It's like the multiverse. Yeah. It just, it just is a, it just is a thing. So sometimes you're just going to have to accept that, that there will be paradoxes in your beliefs that are non-reducible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it's okay. Exactly. And that's a, another thing that can be challenging if you come from a one truth religion. Exactly. I was just going to say the same thing because there are a couple of them. Mm-hmm. A few there, religions a few out there. religions out there that um you know they they claim to have only one version of the truth and that only their truth is real Mm -hmm. and i think we have to get away from this concept that truth has to be real yeah truth yeah there is a difference between i think uh in a spiritual context right not i'm not talking about science right now but in a spiritual context there is a difference between a truth Mm -hmm. and a fact Mm mm-hmm Exactly. A fact is something that has observable proofs. And basis in reality. Right. It is real. Right. But a truth can just be something that is spiritually true to you. Exactly. And doesn't have to be true to anyone else. The beauty of my multi-truth paradox acceptance is that I don't need anyone else to believe anything I believe. Mm -hmm. Because even I believe multiple things about myself Mm -hmm. and my and my reality so that's i mean like i said that that can be difficult to get to and i don't think it's appropriate for everyone um not everyone's religious context requires them to Mm -hmm. maintain paradox truths Mm -hmm. but if you if you find that your religion has a lot of like internal contradictions but none of them are things that your discernment or your truth process or your like personal understandings of the world require you to reject, Mm -hmm. then you can just accept both of them. Exactly. And it is how, as a pagan or a witch, you can accept what is true for you Mm -hmm. is different from what is true for for another witch. Mm -hmm. And they're both equally valid. And most importantly of all, almost none of this are we ever going to have 100% guaranteed 
confirmed answers to. Exactly. So it does not fucking matter. matter. Yeah, it doesn't It matter. matters for your personal experience, mm-hmm. for your spiritual life, mm-hmm. and that is the only thing it matters for. Yeah, and I really do think if we can get away from this, it has to be 100% true. And everyone to, and must, be, must agree with me. And everyone must agree with me. I think if we can get away from that uh-huh. concept, we will be grow leaps and bounds. Yes. Leaps and bounds forward. Yes. As a pagan community, as a witchcraft community, if we can just release that concept that honestly comes from the major... Yeah, the one well, truth religions. The one truth religions. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, That's what matter. it comes down to. Does yeah. it work? <laughs> Go back to discernment. Does it work? If it works, then it doesn't matter how or why or what this person believes about how it works. What matters is it worked. Mm-hmm. Period. That's the end of the story. Like, exactly. That's it. Exactly. And what worked for one person may not work for another. Exactly. But, but they have something. Works. They have something else that works. Something else works. Doesn't. It, and again, it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter why. It just matters that it worked. But they yet they come to the same uh-huh. result. Exactly. Exactly. And, that, and that's beautiful. It's okay. Yeah. So the only other real point I had was uh, accepting that you won't know. Yeah. Accepting. Th- that I don't know is an acceptable answer. It is. It is an acceptable answer. You don't have to have the answers to to these questions. Mm -mm. You don't have to have the answers to the big questions. Nope. You don't even have to have the answers to the little questions. Nope. You just need to know enough to be secure in your spiritual process. Exactly. And to be safe when you're interacting with unknown entities. Exactly. That's that's really it. And as long as it's fulfilling to you... Mm -hmm. And it's helping you to grow and become a better person. Right. That's um, all that matters. And please do focus on, like, become a better person. Yeah. That's an important part of any yeah. spiritual belief system, It should I think. make you better. It should make you happy. You should find it beautiful. Remember yeah, those criteria? Yeah. Does it bring you joy? Exactly. Does it bring you joy? Does, the, does it spark joy? Yep. If it doesn't spark joy, thank it for its service and throw it away. That's right. Go watch Marie Kondo. That's right. Marie Kondo the shit out of the... Marie Kondo your religion. <laughs> Sometimes you need to. Uh-huh, yeah. Sometimes you need to. It's it's okay to... And I, it's okay to strip things down... Yes. ...to what you... Your basic beliefs. and then Or to can, the practices or to that the practices bring you joy. Or to the that really work for you. To, to throw away the things that don't. Yeah. The, the extemporaneous things mm-hmm. that just don't matter. Yeah. It's okay to narrow it down to what is fulfilling and helps you to grow as a person. And if that's all you do, that's okay. You can have a minimalist religion. Absolutely. There's no spirituality cops. You're not, you're not going to go to religion prison. That's right. And it takes discernment uh-huh. yeah. for yourself to know what works best for you. Exactly. All right. I think that's everything I had to cover. Do you have anything else, Gwen? No, I think that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I think we I think we hit all the points. <laughs> I think so. Um, so hopefully this episode will be useful to especially new witches or new pagans who need to learn about the the practice of discernment. Like it's yep. a lot of just asking questions. It is, and and it is a lot. It. It sounds like a lot, but as you work on it over time, mm-hmm. it just becomes a natural part of your process. Yeah. It, you don't have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, it becomes sort it of internalized. internalized and, and just... It happens really fast. What you do. Yeah. And it is, because it's internalized, it becomes a process you can do constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I read tarot, every time I pull a spread, I am checking in on, like, who am I mm-hmm. in contact with? Is this just me and the cards? Is this me, the cards, and mm-hmm. someone's higher self? Is this me, the cards, and a god or deity mm-hmm. or another spirit or an ancestor who's talking? Yep. And if you find your, you know, if you get to a place where you find maybe your discernment isn't as clear as right. it has been, then it's okay to step back, step back, reevaluate, or ask someone else for 
some assistance. Yep. Have a spotter. Have a spotter. <laughs> yeah. Even solitaries need spotters. Yep. You need to have someone, ideally in proximity to you, but someone mm-hmm. on your path who knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm and knows enough about your path, ideally is on the same path as you, Mm -hmm. um, knows enough about your path to tell you, hey, you're going down a weird rabbit trail here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you want this to be a a qualified, you need a qualified spot. Qualified spot. Ideally, this would be a teacher or a mentor or something. Mm -hmm. But failing that, a more experienced practitioner in your same path, someone whose judgment you trust. Exactly. And that is really what it does come down to a lot mm-hmm. of times is someone whose judgment you trust. Yep. And you practice a very different kind of discernment to determine that. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Interpersonal discernment. That's right. But we don't have time to talk about that. No, we so. don't. Okay. And um, you, oh, and I just want to throw in there, make sure you're with your resources that uh-huh. you're practicing this discernment with. Yes. The books you read, the websites you read, you, you know, the videos with, you watch. With that, you, you want to exercise critical analysis, mm-hmm. a thing they don't teach in class anymore apparently Mm -hmm. but start with the question of whose purpose does this text serve Mm -hmm. and go from there you can find us on google if you google the number three and the letters p-a-a-c or the number three and the words pagans and a cat we have a website at the number three pagans and a cat.com where you can find links to a variety of things including our discord server which is free for everyone Mm -hmm. just as a reminder everyone can go to the discord server and a facebook group which has a little entrance exam but it's just to confirm that you're not a bot yep (laughs) let's see Gwyn has a blog on Patheos Pagan Mm -hmm. and a TikTok that she enjoys very much Mm -hmm. and I think that's all the things we do I think that oh and we have a Patreon and we have a Patreon and again as always thank you thank you thank you to our patrons we really do appreciate Mm -hmm. your your continued support yes and of course to all of our listeners we absolutely love each and every one of you Mm -hmm. we're so thankful for you come into the discord server and tell me what episodes you want if there's stuff we have not covered yeah because a lot of the episodes recently have been like hey people ask us about this all the time but if there are specific things you want us to cover let me know and now we're going to say goodbye yes we are because it's getting past time yes so goodbye goodbye